What's poppin' family? You're tuned into part two of the Axe Jazz episode 13 episode, y'all. I really went crazy. I'm just giving you fair warning right now. When it comes to the Bible breakdown part, kind of turn down your volume because I spazzed. I spazzed, y'all. The Holy Spirit really just took over me and I truly just, I just went crazy. But it's so much truth, guys. I'm not playing. We are in a war. We are in a spiritual war and this is no joke. There is demonic forces trying to come for your soul soul okay but the thing is the battle is already won jesus beat depression a long 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 time ago all demonic evil forces have already been defeated two thousand and nineteen years ago okay and it is time to truly walk in in the fulfillment of god's perfect will for your life it's time to stop playing it scared it's time to stop playing it safe god has a big plan for you in his perfect will Okay, and I want I need you to be in alignment. You need to be in alignment with God's perfect will because it is a war going on. And if you are in if you are out of alignment at the wrong time, you can get snatched up like that. And that be it. I care about your soul. And I snapped on the second half of this of this episode. y'all. I, I finished answering some questions and this is just a dope episode. I just played it back listening to myself and I'm like, yo, I just got even more riled up. When I tell y'all I got riled up, I ain't I ain't kidding. I got riled up. So just truly, it is time to truly boss up, y'all. It's no, it's no joke. It is no joke. You literally have everything you need right now to advance to your next level. Stop doubting yourself and stop looking at what other people got. Focus on what you got and what God has called you to do. And I promise you, your elevation is going to be coming on the on the horizon. You feel me? tune into this episode be open to the words that i'm speaking and know that this is not me speaking out of my own authority but god himself flowing through me so if you're not ready to hear the truth then do not listen to this episode i'm telling you right now if you're not ready for a transformation in your life then do not listen to this episode. This podcast probably isn't for you because this podcast is for people who are ready to truly live their best lives, for people who are truly ready to walk away from self-sabotage and live in their true, utter purpose and be in alignment with every single good thing that has been predestined for them since the beginning of time. And if that is not you, I still love you, but this is not the place for you. I need people who are ready to hear the truth and who are ready to to transform their lives. You deserve and you, you... Financial abundance, abundance of all kinds, prosperity is your birthright. So it's time to start acting like it and it's time to start walking like it. It is, we got six months left of 2019. How you want to play it? How do you want it to go? How do you want to enter the year 2020? Stop playing around. It's time to go hard or go home. And that's period. Let's begin the show. What's poppin' y'all? You're listening to the Babbling with Jazz podcast, where I, your host, Jasmine Charlie, hold nothing back while living and speaking my truth. I'm on a mission to inspiring those who need it and also having the important conversations on topics that people tend to overlook or avoid. So join me as I babble about this beautiful gift that we call life. All right, next question here is, you know how you said it gets lonely at the top? Well, yeah, I really feel that. I've literally lost every single quote unquote friend I had. And at first I was okay, but it's getting hard. I feel so alone and I'm starting to get depressed. How do you cope with losing all your friends and standing alone? Let's repeat the question. It says, you know how you said it gets lonely at the top? Well, yeah, I really felt that. I really feel that. I've literally lost every single quote unquote friend I had. And at first I was okay, but now 
but it's getting hard. I feel so alone and I'm starting to get depressed. How do you cope with losing all your friends and standing alone? Hmm. This literally happened to me. Oh, I cannot wait for you guys. I can wait. I'm excited for you guys. This is another thing. I'm learning guys. I like guys. I'm learning now to refruit the phrase. I can't wait to with the phrase I am excited for. Um, because saying I can't wait, I feel like that's subconsciously um, getting us out the state of patience. And I never I want to be patient. I want to have the type of patience that God has. So um, I'm trying to I'm trying to like d- delete that out of my vocabulary and my slang. But so I literally I I, exp- I know this feeling a little bit too well. And um, I would say this. Let me just say this. In, in the Trusting the Process episode, in part in one of the Trusting the part Process episodes in the series, I literally explain a story in depth about how I lost everyone. And I was literally all alone, all by myself, just me. And know that we don't serve, we serve an intentional God. So this is probably a season you're being called into that, God wants you to literally learn how to stand alone. God wants to show you some things about yourself that he can't show you in front of the presence of other people. And like I always will forever and always say, closed doors are blessings. So maybe you you over here crying over these friends, I promise you a year or two from now, five years from now, you're going to thank God himself that he separated you from those people. I promise you, I never used to understand why. And I'm not saying for everybody, not everybody I fell off with, you know, went down south, but there are some people I was connected to and I noticed that we drifted off and I never understood why. And I kind of took it hard. Now, a year or two later, God showed me like, and I look and I see them now and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy that I am not still connected with them because I just couldn't, like my life would not be what it is today. And they would have brought me down with them and whatever crazy stuff that they got going on with themselves, you know? So losing friends and this is the thing you came in this world alone and you're gonna die alone and that's just black or white okay and i'm not saying that having friends isn't important on your journey i promise you it is but the fact that you say you lost all your friends that means that god has really you know it's intentional so maybe you're in a season right now you're called into a season where you don't need friends right now where god does you the only friend you need is god himself <laughs> for real And that could be what God is trying to show you. You learn the most about yourself when you're in a lonely season. And the thing is, there's a difference between being alone alone and lonely. Um, It's okay. I'm not saying, because even the Bible says it's not okay for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. But sometimes God is going to call us into a season of singleness where he needs to put us in isolation. It, it's it's for our own good. And when you are just obedient to that isolation season and you just tap into yourself and spend that time that you would have spent with your friends hanging out, doing whatever, you just spend it on focusing on yourself, learning about yourself. What are some things that you're still harboring and holding on to from childhood? What, what parts are you still not healed from? Everything like that. When you just hold, when you just tap into yourself in this isolation season and you spend that time with God and you say, okay, God, You've obviously cut off all my friends. You It's just me and you. What is it that you want to show me? You call me here. Okay, I'm here. What do you want? Like, literally, like, okay, God, you got my attention. You cut off everybody, every other relationship I possibly had. I'm here now. Tell me what you want. Like, literally talk to him like that. I'll be talking to God like that sometimes, but 
it's and he's going to show you what he needs you to do in the season. We need to remember that we're called into different seasons of our life. So that season there, that was a season in your life where y'all were friends and you had a lot of people in your corner and circle. And now you're in a different season where up uh, now I need you by yourself and I need you to do X, Y, and Z. I need you to heal. I need you to gain insight on this one thing. I need you to step up your prayer life. I need you to step up your confidence and you can only successfully and efficiently do that when you're by yourself. I promise you, And the thing is, I think you have to get comfortable with being by yourself and being in stillness. Um, I noticed that I subconsciously in in the beginning before, oh, my back, I was called into the season of singleness. I like would never want to do things by myself or alone. I always felt like I needed to have somebody there with me. I would never want to travel alone. I didn't want to go to the movies alone. Didn't want to eat by myself alone. Didn't want to go out alone. And the thing is, maybe that is what God is trying to work on you right now in this season where you can do that thing when you're comfortable standing alone. And it's important because you know, there's some things or, you know, it's really prepping you for the real life itself. You know, life, Jesus walked alone, but not really had his disciples, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. Like it is okay to take this time and just bask in your singleness. You know, this is the most important time because you don't have to depend on nobody else. You're not obligated to anybody right now in this moment. You know what I'm saying? You're not in a relationship right now where you're obligated to another soul, another being. So it's like you literally have this whole season right now to literally put all that time and energy into yourself. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a complete blessing to me. That sounds like such a big blessing to have a whole season dedicated to yourself, self-care, learn about yourself, like truly learn about yourself. You right where you are right now, you probably think you know a lot about yourself, but there's like, mm-mm, God's, mm, God is like, mm-mm, there's more I want you to see about yourself. There's more I want to reveal about yourself. And low key, there's some things about yourself that you think is true about yourself. And God is like, nope, that is not who I created you to be. And that's not truly who you are. But that's why I brought you into this season so I could show you who you are, so I could give you vision, so I could prepare you for the next season that's in your life. You know what I'm saying? Before God can really take us to the breakthrough, before he could take us through the true elevation, he has to prep us for it. And what better way to prep us than to be put in a season of isolation isolation is a blessing i promise you i promise you and eventually my mentor told me this and i see it literally i'm living it now but eventually you're going to like look back and wish you were back in the isolation season because you know everything is seasonal it's not forever this is not do or die this is not the rest of your life so it's nothing to be sad about it's just the season that you're being called into and it's a beautiful thing it's not permanent and there's going to be when you move on from this season to the next season that god has called you to be i promise you you're you're there you're you're going to be called to do a lot more you're going to be nine times out of ten god is going to maximize your territory and have you in charge of more things and you're going to have more obligations and you're going to be wishing low-key dang I wish I was in the season of singleness where not everybody was depending on me where my phone wasn't buzzing off the roof where I didn't need to respond to emails and text messages in a timely fashion to handle some biz like you're going to wish and remember this isolation season I kid you not um and seriously though for your elevation you want to elevate right And you probably said a prayer like, okay, God, like I want to go to my next level. I want to do all this and that. And God is like, okay, I got you. Let's do it. 
so I got to call you into the season of singleness. Like that is literally God answering your prayer. And we, and we need to look at things like that. Everything's intentional. So don't cry about the friendships. However, the friendships ended. Just know that everything is working for your good and just stick with it. Whatever season God has called you into, it's for a reason. This is for all my listeners who are listening to this. Whatever season God has called you into, it's for a specific reason. If not, God wouldn't have called you into that season because it's a waste of his time and God don't play about his time. Time is literally one of the most important spiritual currencies. You know how we got the dollar bills, Zen, Naira? Yeah, time? Oh yeah, that's spiritual currency. So God don't play about that and God don't play and waste his time. And he doesn't waste energy. So with that being said, if God doesn't waste his energy, whatever season he's called you into his purpose behind it. He does not, he's an intentional God. Everything is intentional. And you may not understand now why everything is happening. But eventually down the line, you're going to see, okay, God, I see why you separating me from all these people. Verbatim, literally. I can't. I really want you to stay tuned and listen to the Trust in the Process series when it drops because I literally open up about my experience with that and how I dealt with it and just the message and the reason why I see later on why God did what he did. So I promise you it may hurt now, maybe it may suck now, and it does get lonely at the top. But just remembering that God is your friend, he's your best friend, he's there with you all the time. Like, think about it. Your your those friends that you had that you you guys aren't friends with anymore, they couldn't be with you everywhere 24-7. But God can and God sees all. He's the Alpha and Omega, end and beginning. So he knows all, he's wise, he's cool, he's funny. I would choose I would rather have God himself as my only friend, that's it, then a whole bunch of other friends and without God. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, I would just, I would choose God over any and everybody. So you have God and he's not leaving your side. So you're not alone. And literally this is the time he wants to spend with you so you can get to know him better. So you can truly understand and so y'all can strengthen that relationship, you know? So don't, don't let it get you down. Instead, get excited. It's my best advice I could ever give you. Now, let's move into our last question for today's episode. Okay, I'm really hot, guys. Like, it is so hot out here in Chicago. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry for saying your name in vain, Lord God, but gosh, it's really hot. I'm like, sweat is like dripping in my eye. (laughs) So last question here, guys, is what is your personal opinion on moving in with your significant other before marriage? Like living as roommates in the same apartment complex. What do you feel like could be the pros and cons of this dynamic? Again, let me repeat the question. This is a really nice question. What is your personal opinion on moving in with your significant other before marriage? Like living as roommates in the same apartment complex. What do you feel like could be the pros and cons of this living, of this dynamic? So for me, okay, what is your personal opinion on moving in with your significant other before marriage? It's funny you ask this. Beforehand, I was thinking, well, it's nothing. I don't really see anything bad about it because it's like well you want to see how it is before you live um before you marry them and stuff like that but my views on that has changed and I see um the thing is with anything I try to view things how God views things and my thing is this my thing is this if you're not my husband why I like why am I living with you like, yeah, you my boyfriend, you can even be my fiance, but you're not my husband. So for us to like put ourselves in this, because really, if you live in under the same roof as somebody like that is like, um, in a sense, a marital. I think that's how God really set it up. That is like a marital. Um, What's the name? 
What am I trying to say? That's like a marital, not a marital scenario. Oh my gosh. But that's like kind of like a marital, um, I don't want to say experience. I'm forgetting, I'm blanking out on the name, but it kind of resembles like something like of a marriage, if you get what I'm saying. And it's like, if that person is not your husband, if that person is not your wife, then y'all shouldn't be, you know, living under the same roof because, and, and the thing, this is the, you said, what are the pros and cons? I'm gonna give you some of the cons first. Cons is temptation. If you're living with your boyfriend or girlfriend, y'all probably most nine times of 10 living in the same, sleeping in the same bed. And the thing is with that is going to feed your flesh and it's going to empower your flesh and it's going to, you know, temptation will arise. You know what I'm saying? There's a higher chance that you're going to fall into sexual impurity and have sex before marriage. If you guys, <clears throat> if you guys are sleeping in the same bed every single night, living under the same roof. You know what I'm saying? And my thing is this. I think, you know, back in the day when I used to feel like, okay, well, how I want to, I need to live, I need to live with my boyfriend because I don't know what if I don't like living with them and what if he's really dirty and I'm not going to understand that. There's a difference between living under the same roof as somebody and, you know, staying with somebody and visiting somebody's house. You know what I'm saying? And spending time in their place. You're going to know off bat if that person is dirty or not. It's not saying just because I should, you know, I'm not going to live with you until we're married doesn't mean that I can't. I'm not going to be aware of your living habits or of your cleansiness. Like that should you're going to see that off bat automatically you know what i'm saying like you're gonna know if that person's a dirty person or not if you come over their house or vice versa you're gonna see if the dishes are stacked to the brim or not you're gonna see if they clean their toilet you're gonna see how they live so it's really if that person is not your husband you're giving them now you're giving them marital benefits i think that's the thing that is a marital benefit marital benefit so why am I giving you marital benefits if you are not my husband? That's the same thing with sex. Why am I sleeping with you? Why am I giving you my body if you are not my husband? But technically, it's so funny back in the day when that's truly when you have sex. That is truly what it means. That, that That's what marriage was. There was back in the biblical days. It wasn't no white dress and the church wedding walking down the aisles it was we having sex that is forming that one covenant our two souls become one and we are married there are soul ties now if you are sleeping if you are living with um if you are living with now your boyfriend or girlfriend um before marriage those soul ties are going to be formed more and it's going to be stronger and it's going to be hard to see so it's like i don't want these soul ties to be too strong to the point where now I'm not going to be able to see that you're truly not even the one for me now, but I can't really see that because the soul ties that have been formed. Now, I know some people may say, well, what about the, oh, there's so many people who lived together <clears throat> before marriage and stuff like that. I think, and they're perfectly fine. I think people forget about God's grace and what grace is. God can still, just because God grants you grace doesn't mean that it's right. You know what I'm saying? Just because God grants you grace doesn't mean that God is like, yeah, go ahead and do this thing. God is just so good and his grace is just so amazing that he's going to grant you grace, even though it is something that he does not really stand for. It's something that he really doesn't want for you. The thing is, God wants his very best for you. So whenever God is, doesn't want something to be or doesn't doesn't you know like a certain thing or a certain action it's for your own good. God doesn't want to put you in a place where you are you when you are place with temptation and stuff like that and you know you know 
the thing is the marriage bed is to be undefiled. So you defile the bed when you are now living and sleeping in the same bed with somebody before marriage, when you are treating that person, when you are giving that person wifey benefits and they have not even put a ring on your finger or have said, I want to be one with you for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? If you are my boyfriend or if you are my... um, if you are my boyfriend, <laughs> if you're my boyfriend, I'm going to give you, I'm going to be your girlfriend. I'm going to give you, I'm going to treat you like your girlfriend. I'm not giving you my wifely benefits until I am your wife. And I think that is one thing that we as a society have just slipped and just, you know, we, we've like, we've, we've forgotten that part. We think, oh, well, we've been together for X amount of years and, you know, eventually we're going to get married. So I'm going to give him my wifely benefits and I'm going to, you know, I'm not saying don't cook for your boyfriend. You could cook for him, but sleeping with him, taking care of like certain finances, um, just all this and that living together. That is like a whole thing that is for marriage, I believe. And it it will strengthen your marriage when you finally do live with that person. I think same with the sex before marriage. I think it's like. You're, it strengthens it when you so when you finally do live together oh my gosh it's like gonna be like the most amazing experience ever and same with like when you finally do have sex on your wedding night and when you finally after waiting all those how many years that you were with that person to finally do the do it's it's gonna be so strong and way better than anything that you've ever experienced like even if you've already had sex before like I promise you sex on your wedding night if after you've waited and done what the right way God's way it's gonna surpass the the quote-unquote best sex that you've ever had before marriage I promise you and that covenant is going to be so strong and protected so I believe that I feel like when you live when you live with your significant other before marriage you are in a sense weakening your covenant you know what I'm saying? It's weakening the covenant. And the thing is, you want that covenant to be strong. You want to have that strong foundation. So it's like, why just wait it out and wait until it is that time where you guys are in the marital stage to then move together and live together. But that's just my honest personal opinion. I think the the only pros, I guess, I don't even see any pros really because just like, I don't know. I feel like the cons are outweighing the pros. So there's no pros really. Do you want to be placed in the thing with temptation? Like God would never, I'm not saying God would never put temptation in your face because God sometimes will to test you, but there should be no reason why we ourselves place ourselves in temptation, like playing, playing in the devil's playground. You get what I'm saying? It, it, it makes the covenant more stronger when you do wait until marriage to then live under the same roof, you know, shacking up before marriage. I know the old school church felt like, oh, it's bad shacking up. And I know sometimes how they come across, it's like, oh, okay, you're like doing too much. But, you know, I see their perspective and it is true. And I see God's perspective on it. And it's just always important to look and view how God views things. And to set, oh, it's a freaking wasp in my room, y'all. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I gotta, oh my gosh. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on, y'all. Who chow? So a big wasp just flew in my room. <laughs> I had to put everything on pause. I don't do bugs. My daddy came through, saved the day, killed it for me. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. But to finish and answer your question, I personally believe no. And it's not even what I personally believe. It's what what does God stand for? And that should be, that's what I was going to say. That's where I was. It, it's, it's, it's not about what we think. 
and this is for anything, any topic, you know, any, any, any scenario or situation. It is God, what is your opinion on this matter? Since I know that you know everything, since you truly are the alpha and omega, since you are the creator of all things, since you know the end and the beginning, since you are life itself, I'm just going to trust you off bat. So whatever you say, I believe you. Whatever you stand for, I believe you. And that's what it truly means to just surrender and submit. So if God is saying that uh-uh, you need to wait till marriage to be living, you know, you need to be, you should, a uh, woman or a man, you, a woman should only sleep under the same roof as her husband should be living, not sleep, live under the same roof as her husband, then that's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? That's just what it is. And um, yeah, so that is my answer. Um, that's my personal opinion to that. But that was a really good question because um, I know a couple people that's doing that. But, you know, to each his own, to each his own. But me personally, I just personally am choosing to live my life the way God, uh, the way, in the way that, in what God stands for. Because that is what it truly means to have a holy, live a holy and a blessed life. And um, I want, I, I, I want every single thing that God has for me. Though, yes, God could grant you grace, and you and your husband, you and your boyfriend could be sleeping under the same roof. But in some areas, since that is outside of God's design or plan, you are in some way, shape, or form settling in your life. It may not be for that thing. You and your boyfriend could be living under the same roof for the past five years and trying to get married in the sixth year and everything be fine and dandy that is true but in those five years you have now missed out on something that you probably don't e- will never even know about because everything comes with consequences everything because god is a just god if something is outside of god's design and nature god is just so you're going to you know you're going to face a repercussion whether it's big or small it, you could be missing out on a blessing because you chose to go a different route in which god has you know, said to go. So my, and, and that is where I stand. It's the con because it's like, if, if I know that God, if I know that God has promised me a lot of great things in this lifetime and the only way I can truly reap every single thing is to just be obedient and follow what he says, regardless of how I feel, I know I'm going to get everything that's got my name on it. So now, yes, if I, yes, he could grant me grace, but if I do it the other way, but I don't want to miss out on no single blessing, bro. I don't want to miss out on nothing. I want to, I truly want to live the fullness of God's plan, you know? So I think the best way to answer that question is you can, anybody, you can do whichever you want to do. People, the thing, you, we all got free will, but one choice, if you do choose, if a person does choose to live with their boyfriend or girlfriend, you are now settling. You are outside of God's will. In that aspect, in that in the, in that area, you're you're outside of period. No point blank period. You're outside of God's will. You could be in God's will in other areas, but in that area, you're outside of God's will, which makes you outside of God's will. And there are only some blessings that you can only receive when you are inside of the will of God. You get what I'm saying? So that's the thing. And to me, it's like it's not worth it's not worth losing my inheritance because if you truly, if you my boyfriend, if you are truly the one, we're going to live together off bat regardless. So why not use the season to just be patient, to be wait and to wait and just to be faithful, you know, eventually we're going to live together if you are the one, you know, so all the times that we could have lived together throughout our dating and relationship, we're going to make all that time back when we're, when we're joined together and when we are married. Okay. And all the time, all that time that we, boy, all that time we could have been out here having sex, but we waited, honey child. Let me tell you, <laughs> don't even get me started. My, don't even get me started. But that's my honest opinion. <laughs> 
that's my honest opinion. So that's all it for this week's questions. Make sure to send your questions into the Babbling with Jazz DMs or the Babbling with Jazz email. Okay, send in your questions and it will be answered right here on the show. Without further ado, let's jump into our Bible breakdown. Oh, hey, y'all. So welcome back to the Bible Breakdown here on the Babbling with Jazz podcast. So in today's Bible Breakdown verse, we are going to be reading from John chapter 14. Like I said, I've been reading John um, this week. This is That's what my focus is on this week. And this type of b- verse in particular that I want to break down and just talk about, well, this is, it's um, not a scripture. It's not, a, what's it called? It's not a parable. But like, I guess you could say it's a story. It's like a story. It's like a little stanza, I guess. I'm forgetting the word. But um, so it's titled, Jesus Promises the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is the best gift ever. You, it, it's, it's, it's the spirit of God himself inside of you that is leading you to every single thing that God has um, planned for you. It is that, that, that direct It's the thing that keeps that direct relationship with you and God. Oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit is your intercessor, your comforter. There's so many crazy things that the Holy Spirit has done that has just blown my mind away. Even small, simple things that has just literally walked me right into blessings. Whether it's... um hey go to this place today go 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 get you like the holy spirit would like even today i can even say today today after work holy spirit told me go stop by the gas station get you some food or whatever before you go home so my guy so give me a pop in um a hot dog okay go to the place okay mind you i'm kind of like trying to be iffy like be i'm trying to be frugal with my spending and spend wisely but i was like you know what let me just treat myself today you know holy spirit told me to come here anyway let me just treat myself so I'm in line or whatever. The guy before me, long story short, just like, you know what? I'm feeling really generous today. I'll pay for her food. And I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you, Lord. Like instantly. I'm like, thank you so much. God bless you. But the, you see how the, the Holy Spirit guided me there because the Holy Spirit is the one that even told me to stop by that gas station at that exact time and go in there and get me some food. So it's things like that. The Holy Spirit is the true gift, man. And the Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. Like I said, we're living in a spiritual warfare. So it is important to live with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit sees things that you yourself cannot see, but it will let you know so then you can now see them. So the traps and the tricks that the enemy has set up before you, the Holy Spirit will now reveal it to you like, uh-uh, don't go there. That person's playing on your downfall. Uh-uh, do not do this thing. Do not go out tonight. Do not do this. And it's literally protecting you. So the Holy Spirit is something that is all that is available for all people to have and to use every single day for their lives. So this is, I'm reading um, chapter 14 and we're going to start at verse 15. Um, yeah, we're going to start at verse 15. And, um, it says this, Jesus, and this is Jesus talking. Jesus was, um, Jesus said this, um, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Peep that. It said forever, not here and there, not partially forever. When you got the Holy Spirit, you got that forever. Okay. Period. Let's keep going. The spirit of truth. 
The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live in live you because I live. You also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my father and you are in me and I am you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Let me just stop right there. Whoever, whoever, let me go back. I lost my train of thought. Lord God, where is it? Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. So it's so funny. I know a lot of people say, I love God. Thank you, God. I love you. But literally Jesus is saying who God himself is saying. So God straight up is saying, if you love me, you will keep my commands and listen to them and you will do it. You, and even in the beginning, it said that. And it said, he said this again. This is how it started off in verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. Meaning, whatever God say, do, do. Whatever God say, don't do, don't do. That is, that is the test and show of if, if you love God. And now... I'm learning that, you know, sometimes we don't keep up his commands because we were born in sinful flesh, but we do, we do slip up. But the fact that you've repented in itself is still keeping God's command because God tells us to repent, to admit to what we've done, turn from it and turn to God himself. That's what repentance is. So repentance still keep, repentance is still an act of love. But if you are not keeping God's commands and not even repenting, you don't truly love God. God is truly like, and, and, and imagine this, if your parents are telling you, do this, do this, and I, these are these are the guidelines for this household, and these are the standards that I need you as my child to live by. If you truly love your parents, if you truly want to honor your mother and your father, your parents, or whoever your guardian is, if you truly want to honor them, you would do what, what is pleasing to them, which is living by what they have taught you since childhood. That's what it is. You know, so... God is literally saying, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. It's a lot of people who has God's commands, but doesn't keep it. It's a lot of people shouting for the loose. I love God. I love God. Whole time are fornicating. Whole time are masturbating. This is stuff that, and it's not that, oh, you masturbated and you be blah, blah, blah. I'm not trying to come at you. I've been there, but you're not repenting either. You, 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 you think it's okay. You think it's a lifestyle, that it, it, it's, it's passable. It's a difference if you're masturbating and repenting. Because with that repentance, God's got you. Transformation will come when it come, okay? But if you out here just doing the do, not repenting, not feeling any type of remorse or conviction. And the beautiful thing I love about the Holy Spirit is, before you even engage in any sin or anything like that, the Holy Spirit going to tell you straight up, like, mm-mm, you shouldn't do this. Or even if you do after you do it, the Holy Spirit is going to give you that conviction. Like, mm-hmm, yeah, you shouldn't have been doing that. You should never did that. And it makes you want to repent. But there's some people who are, when you're so caught up in sin, though, it numbs it. And you can be in a season where you don't even hear any conviction. Conviction is literally God tapping on the shore like, hey, you turned the wrong way. Hey, you picked the wrong, you picked the wrong route. This is my way. This is following me, my commands, my word. Follow me, follow me. You messed up, but it's okay. Get back. That's all it is. So I don't want you to beat yourself down whenever you slip up. Just repent. That's all it is. That's all God is asking us to do. When you repent, everything's forgiven. God has already forgiven you. He's a forgiving God. Repent and keep it pushing. But to those who don't keep his commands and then try to speak 
try to speak against his word and think that whatever is against his word as a lifestyle and speak that out and have people live that, that is blood on your hands. If you are, are speaking and, 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 and telling people and trying to teach people things that are opposite of God's design and nature, that is blood on your hands because these are souls that we are playing with. This is not no drill and this is not no joke. Okay. So that's going to fall back on you. Okay. And the thing is, do you really want it to fall back on you? No, keep God's commands. You're going to live a blessed life if you do, I promise you. So let's continue on verse, I think it's still part of verse 21. So he said, whoever keeps my, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas said, but Lord, why do you want to show yourself to us and not the world? And this is what Jesus said. We know that the world is not you know, we know that God handed the world over to the enemy not once he kicked it back. He said, okay, you're going to be the prince of this world. It's okay. Even though my intentions for this world was for people to have dominion over everything since the fall of Adam, he opened it up and he gave the enemy legal rights to have this world and to be the ruler of this world. It's okay because I'm going to destroy this world anyway and create a new earth. Okay. And the only way to get in the new earth is to have no type of sin anyway. So we don't have to get into this. So we don't have to deal with what we dealt with in the beginning in Genesis anyway. So we know that the, the prince of this earth, the prince of this world, being of the world is outside of God. The, the enemy is the king of this world. The world is not, the world doesn't see God. The world doesn't hear him. The world doesn't understand him. This is why Jesus spoke in parables because he said, I think it was in Luke, it was in Luke, but Jesus was saying how like, he was telling the disciples, like, I speak in parables because, you know, some people aren't going to get it. There's some people who, you know, like the, to, the knowledge of the kingdom is so sacred that it's, it's not people think that it's all inclusive. But to be a kingdom citizen, to be in the kingdom of God is very exclusive. It's very exclusive. You have to walk a certain walk, which is walking how God walk. Ain't no way you will enter the kingdom without walking like how God walk, or not even just that having the heart of God. That's why God wants your heart. God wants your heart. Whatever you think about the most, whatever you talk about the most, that's what God, that's really where your heart is at. So I think the Bible says where your, where your treasures are, your heart will be also. So what do you treasure the most? Is it money? Because if you treasure money the most, that's where your heart is. You know, and God says, the Bible says we cannot love both God and money. We cannot serve both God and money. You know, so God wants your whole heart. And when you give God your heart, God transforms your heart. And yeah, so. Let's continue. So Jesus replied to um, Judas, and this is not the same Judas that snaked Jesus at the Last Supper. Not he, not the Last Supper. But this ain't the same Judas who snaked Jesus, basically. But, you know, Jesus asked him, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? And Jesus replied to him and said, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. Obey. This is where it comes back to your obedience is better than sacrifice. Anybody can sacrifice anything. You can sacrifice a whole bunch of stuff and not be obedient. If you're not listening to me, if you aren't following by my word, I don't care what you've given up because you're not listening to me. It's like you're trying to buy my love, which you can't. Um, we really can't buy God's love. It's undeserving. He's loved us before we loved him. Let's continue. So Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to come to them and make our home with them. So if you obey God, he's going to come to you and he's going to make his home with you. His home, his kingdom, heaven on earth. You don't have to die to experience heaven. I promise you, you don't have. You can experience heaven right now. Let's continue. 
Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. So if you don't obey God's teaching, you do not love him. Just be, well, no, I love God. I believe in him. You can believe in him and not obey him. And not obeying him means you don't love him. God is literally saying here, the way that you can show God you truly love him is to obey him. Your obedience is better than sacrifice. Let's continue. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. I feel you, Jesus. Jesus, I really feel you on that note. That is how I feel every single time I step out in this world and just flow in the spirit. Whatever I say, it is not me. This is the, the God, the father who sent me. When I jump on these podcasts and what I said in season one, in, season, in the season two comeback season episode, when I said, know that I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm going to tell you what you need to hear. And when I speak, this is not me, myself, Jasmine, Charlie, but this is God, the father. Literally, this is God. This is God himself. And even how Jesus literally said, these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. So whenever you see me on these episodes, these words are not my own. God is the one who sent me. I'm just a messenger. I'm just a vessel. I'm just letting God use me in whichever way he wants to use me. My hands are up in the air right now because God, I just want you to use me how you want to use me. If it means for your glory, God, that I need to be beheaded, if I need to be killed, God, if it is for your glory, my hands are raised. I surrender everything to you. I do everything for your glory. I want to do everything for your glory, Lord. Nothing else. I don't want it for the glory of myself. I'm not jumping on these podcast episodes trying to get clout. I, I No, none of that. God has already approved me. God's opinion is the only one that matters. And I'm not saying that, uh, that compliments and, you know, congratulations and stuff that, that, don't, that doesn't, um, you know, I don't care about those. I love it. You know what I'm saying? But it's 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 not like a it's not convincing me anything because I've already been when God has told me what it was, I believed him. When I get compliments or when I get confirmation from other people, well, yeah, it's just com- confirmation to me. I look at this confirmation. OK, God, I'm still I'm, I'm on the right track. I have not let you do and I'm doing what I'm called to do. I don't look at it as, oh, my God, this person believes in me. I finally can do it. I have people believing in me. People believe in me. No, I can do it. God already believes in you. Um, So. Let me, let me, let's continue though. So mind you, Jesus said the, these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. Then moving on, it says all, all, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy spirit, whom the father will send in my name will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy spirit teaches you all things. The Holy spirit knows all things. So why not live your life with the Holy Spirit? It's open for everyone to use. It's free game. It's free game. Let's continue. Peace I leave with you and my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. The way God gives is different than how the world gives. Mm. Let that sink in, y'all. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. So even my Bible, let me read this part, y'all, because I told you my Bible break things down. So let me elaborate it on that part. Peace I leave with you. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. My Bible says about this is the end result of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives is deep and lasting peace. Peace, deep and real, deep and forever lasting peace. Let's go. Unlike worldly peace, which is usually defined as the absence of conflict, 
This peace is confident assurance in any circumstance. Worldly peace is, okay, I'm peaceful when problems aren't arising. Godly Holy Spirit peace is my life is falling apart. I lost my job. I lost my best friend. I lost my house. I lost everything, but I still have this peace in me. Even though my, my, my physical situation looks crazy and AWOL, I am at true, utter peace. That is what God wants to give you. He wants to give you everlasting peace. He doesn't want you to settle for this worldly peace. You can only get true, everlasting peace from God himself. And when we engage in sin, when we are in out, when we are outside of God's will, we are opening ourselves up for worldly peace temporary peace but when them trials and tribulations come we're gonna be so unrestful that's why God says come and I will give you rest God is going to give you rest if you come to him if you go anywhere outside of God I'm getting riled up Lord I feel you Holy Spirit if you go anywhere outside of God you are literally leaving your soul at unrest your, your soul is not at rest that is why God strives so hard for us to come to him because he wants our souls to be at peace. God is love. It just blows my mind so much how people like how some how some will try to like just be little or talk down about God when this is a God who just wants to give you everlasting peace. A God who wants to give you your best life. A God who wants the best for you. But people want to talk down so bad about him. He gave his life for you. He gave his entire life for you. He defeated depression for you so you didn't have to go through that. He defeated suicidal thoughts, generational curses, so you didn't have to experience it. That is why Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you so you didn't have to experience it. He died. He defeated that so long ago. He wants to give you a peace like never before. He died and defeated those things and he now wants to give you his spirit, which is peace, true everlasting peace, bro. Let's keep going, bro. Man, I'm getting riled up. So um, like the, my Bible breakdown thing said, it said, unlike the worldly peace, which is usually defined as the absence of conflict, this peace is confident assurance, confident assurance in any circumstance. The world cannot give you that. Let's keep going. With Christ's peace, we have no need to fear the present or the future. Sin, fear, certainty, doubt, and numerous other forces are at war within us. Oh my God. Did I not just say this? Can I, let's repeat this. Let's go back. Sin, fear, uncertainty, doubt, and numerous other forces are at war within us in us we are in a spiritual war but do you want to know the good part about it this is nothing to be afraid about jesus defeated this so long ago 219 years ago jesus defeated these things to give us everlasting peace that's why god just wants us to be obedient when you are disobedient you are now giving you are now opening yourself up to these things and giving those things full legal right and authority to do what they want to do in your life because god is a just god if you step outside of god's will you are now opening yourself up to the other world the other realm which is these things man 
sin, fear, uncertainty, doubt, blah, 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 are at war within us. The peace of God moves into our hearts and lives to restrain these hostile forces and offer comfort in place of conflict. When you truly live with the spirit, man, you know that you're in a battle for your life. You know that there's a demonic realm out there trying to get your soul coming for your family. Man, I'm not trying to scare nobody, but Satan does not play fair. Satan will attack whatever he can. Your finances, your family, you, your health. He does not care. He's here to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan does not, Satan plays dirty. And we need to understand and realize this. We're in a war. Satan plays dirty. This is not no joke. This is not no joke. But when you have the spirit, Holy Spirit within you, the, the fact that you know that, but you are okay, you're, at cal you're calm, you're at peace, and you have assurance and confidence because you know who your God is. We're at war with someone who doesn't play fair. But that same person we at war with has to still bow down and to submit to God. Ain't nothing to be afraid of. And that's period. Let's continue. <sighs> the peace of God moves into our hearts and lives to restrain these hostile forces and offer comfort in a place of conflict. Jesus says he will give us peace if we are willing to accept it from him. To accept peace from Jesus, you have to obey what he says. Well, obey, how he, obey how he lived and live the life that he lived. That, that is how you are accepting peace. That is why God is saying, well, follow me. Because if you follow me, I'm, I'm leading you to a world of peace, a life of peace. Your soul will be at true, utter peace. You won't have to keep running around trying to fill voids, trying to sleep with people to feel loved, trying to get high to, to, to find a feeling of something that you've been searching for. <sighs> Let's keep going, man. It's some people out here, y'all, who who have so many voids, who are trying to fill it with all these worldly things. And that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do. The world would never give you a peace like God's peace. You can only try true, utter peace for your soul with God. And Jesus is the way. <sighs> okay. If your life is full of stress, allow the Holy Spirit to fill you with Christ's peace. Um. So... You know, let me let me finish up this verse. Um, let me finish up this passage. So we're on verse 28 and it said, you heard this, this is Jesus. He said, you heard me say I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. Jesus is going. This is before he dies. He's leaving the physical, but he's coming back to us because he's giving us his spirit. The same one who overcame all these things lives inside of you. You have his spirit. Jesus. Oh, my goodness. You heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the father for the God, for the father is greater than I. So Jesus is literally saying that the father, God himself, the creator, he's greater than him himself, even though Jesus was the creator him himself. But it's literally saying and it's telling us to not stop at just Jesus, but to understand the father, our Lord. Okay. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming. He's talking about the devil. He has no hold over me. 
but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the father and do exactly what my father has commanded me. So Jesus is literally telling them, you know, I'm not going to say too much more that devil's coming. So let me see what my Bible says about this. It says, although Satan, the prince of the world, was unable to overpower Jesus, he still had the arrogance to try. Satan's power ex- only exists. Satan's power exists only because God allows him to act. But because Jesus is sinless, Satan has no power over him. If we obey Jesus and align ourselves closely with God's purposes, Satan can have no power over us. That is how you defeat the enemy. When you align yourself. And this is what I've been talking about since the jump, y'all. This is what I've been talking about since the jump. When you align yourself with the purposes of God, Satan has no control. When you're in the will of God, Satan can't touch you. Why do you think Satan tries to get you to sin, which is outside of God, which is missing the mark, which is falling short, which is, which is trying to be the God of your own life, which is disobeying God, God's protection? It's because of this, because now you, you're giving Satan legal rights to do what he do. Yes, it said God gives Satan the right to act. God is a just God. He threw Satan down here. So Satan has dominion over this world. But if we're in, if you're in alignment with God's will, it's okay. It can't overpower you. And even if Satan does, even if life does get all hectic and stuff like that, you, you're in alignment with God's will. You have the spirit. You're going to be at peace. It's a, it's a peace like never before. And only the Holy Spirit can give it to you. The enemy likes to give um, a lot of counterfeits, a lot of things that look and try to mimic the peace that God gives. But I promise you, you're settling if you want to just stop it. Just that God has a peace like never before. So, guys, I just really got riled up. Um, I just I just I just want everyone to truly be at peace with themselves. I know so many people who are trying to fake it, trying to act like they truly at peace with yourself. But when you align yourself with the will of God, oh, my gosh it's so peaceful and when you just truly obey what god said stop trying to well i don't well i want it to be like this or no i don't think it should be like this because it's not about you this is god's word stop trying to fit yourself your wants your needs into the word of god the more you do that the more you're gonna run around in circles this is God's word. When you just shoot it, when you just sit back and just accept, okay, God, what your word says is final. It's the truth. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat. I'm not going to try to pick and choose what I want to abide by, what I want to agree with. I'm just going to agree with the whole word. Oh my gosh, the freedom, the blessings, the peace that you receive. I'm just so tired of people trying to like pick and choose what they want to believe. If you're not, if you do not believe in this word of God, you truly do not love God. There's people who I'm spiritual, not religious. I don't need to read a Bible. I don't need to read a quote unquote book to build my relationship with God. God literally just said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. You will obey my word. If you love me, you will keep my word. That is what God said. So you truly don't love him. This word, this Bible is for you. It's a gift that we even have this thing. And then I really want to come for the people that be like, well, the white man's book. There's so many different translations. This is the book of life. You mean to tell me if it only came in one specific text, would you go and teach yourself that language? What would be the chances that you were to read that book if it wasn't translated in the way that you need be? Well, some people might take some, th- take some things out and put some things in. It is still the word of God. It is holy. It is sacred. You cannot taint the word of God. It's not just a normal book that you get from the freaking library that it was, that was written by Susie Ann. 
That wasn't for the salvation of others. That wasn't for the peace and freedom of souls. When you read this word, revelation is going to come regardless. And that's only if your heart is in the right place. I'm getting riled up. Stop playing with me, y'all. Stop playing with God and his word. Stop playing with God and his word. This book is for you. It is for your life. It's literally teaching you how to truly live your best life. If you're not really living the word of God, you are settling. You are in a matrix. You are being deceived. It is the truth. And you won't truly know that until you truly just get, j take a leap of faith and live it. That's it. That's all. How much longer do you want to put yourself on standby? You want 2019 to be your year, right? Right? So why not trust God and walk by him and follow him with his word intact? You have the Holy Spirit guiding you. It's all truth. It's up for grabs for anybody. If you, the only reason you wouldn't have the Holy Spirit is if you don't want to. Because God loves everybody. No matter how much wrong you've done. No matter how deep in sin you are in. God is always going to love you. Nothing's ever going to stop that. Whew, I'm getting riled up, y'all. Turn down your volume. I'm sorry if I'm busting out your eardrums. I just want to say, guys, I just want to end with this. God loves you. He wants you to live his, in his perfect will. The only way to live in God's perfect will is to obey his word. I'm sorry. I'm, gonna, I'm not sorry. I'm telling you the truth. Jesus said it. You heard what Jesus said. So, um, stay tuned for Sunday's episode. Sunday, this Sunday, I am, um, I'm talking about what they don't tell you about your, uh, what they don't tell you about the journey. Um, and I can't wait to dig deep and talk about that because I feel like it's a lot of things people don't say. And I'm going to tell y'all truly what to expect when it comes to this journey. Because I think when people say yes to the ride and say yes to the journey, something's happened and they feel like they're doing something wrong. Well, no, it, it, you're not doing anything wrong. This is literally just what happens on the journey. So I'll get more in depth on that on Sunday's episode. And I just want to end with this. You literally, we have six months left y'all. You, you, you have six months left to get it together, to do whatever it is that you know that you want to do. You are in focus. You have every right to live your best life. It is your birthright to live in blessings, abundance, and peace. God died for you. Jesus died for you so you can truly experience peace, so you can truly experience heaven on earth. You do not have to die and then experience heaven. You can be in heaven right now. You can be back in the Garden of Eden right now. I promise you, you can but it come, your obedience is better than sacrifice. It doesn't matter how much you give up. Are you obedient to the word? Are you obedient to what God has told you to do? Stop being, don't let fear paralyze you. It's okay to be afraid, but do it anyway. Stop letting fear be an excuse for you to be still where you are right now. Because if you keep that up, you're going to be in the same place that you were 20 years from now, 30 years from now. And you're going to live with so much regret. Be obedient to the word of God and it will be the best decision that you've ever made in your life. I love you guys so much. Stay connected on the Babylon with Jazz social media pages. Follow me on my personal Instagram, jazz.ifeoma. I'm going to drop the link in the bio, I mean, in the show notes below. But yeah, y'all, stay true to yourself, positive vibes only, and remain in alignment with the perfect will for your life, which is God's will. Love you guys. <laughs>